you are listening to an extra special episode of Are You Two in Love or with Eva O'Byrne and Lucy Holmes or Lucy Holmes and Eva O'Byrne, depending which way you like us. Um, we are joined by a very, very special guest this week, Jamie Malone. If you would like to introduce yourself, say hello. It's Jamie, bitch. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Jamie, why are you our Britney expert? Like, what's your background with all of this? Well, I don't know, like I just, we, my family used to live like an hour outside of Dublin. So we would drive in and out every day and we listened mm-hmm. to one CD in the car we had. My Prerogative Greatest Hits, which was like a compilation of all of Britney's best music. And I would literally just listen to it, like literally four-year-old me in the booster seat in the back of the Toyota, like literally bopping to Big One More Time. That's so I just cute. Always, I just always loved Britney. And then as I got older, I kind of, so I really got to like her as a person and her story and her personality and everything like that aside from the music because I think there is a really big disconnect between like her music and her as a person and I guess that's that's what we're going to get into today. Yeah very much so. The Britney that we all see in like the media and in music videos and the Britney that actually exists from her day-to-day life completely different personas like all of her interviews she's very much like small country girl and she has said multiple times that she would just love to have a family and a nice quiet life but she happened to become an international pop star and I guess that's like the interesting framing with the new documentary framing Britney Spears which has reignited this whole conversation about free Britney and like I guess when was the first time I'm going to pose this question to us all when was the first time that we heard of like the Britney breakdown story because I think that was like pretty monumental in all of our lives like in terms of pop culture well obviously it happened in like 2007 2008 so we all would have been like kids, mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. um so I feel like it's kind of one of those things that you're not really aware when it's happening and then after you hear about it and you look back and you're like, oh my God, like that happened. And I think I, I probably found out about it in like 2010 or 11 when I was kind of a bit more aware of pop culture. Mm-hmm. And I, was like, I can't believe that that was like three years ago, you know? Yeah. She's back, like releasing albums back on tour literally three years after having such a chaotic breakdown of not only her as a person, but like her family, her kids, everything about her life. Yeah, like it's, it was crazy. Even the whole, her kids literally being taken away from her and the psychotic break happened because of custody issues. You know, in a way it was everything. And also her aunt who she was really close to growing up died in the January of that year. And the break happened in the February of 2000 and, uh, 2008, yeah, or 2007. 2007. Because like people, it's so weird how it's like a meme now, isn't it? we refer to it like it's just so iconic i was literally just about to say that like my knowledge of the whole like britney spears breakdown was literally through memes like which is so awful when i think back in it like i was a kid so obviously i didn't really understand like i was just like oh these are funny pictures but like i think if something like that happened today and people exploited her image in that kind of way like there would be a lot more outrage people would Mm -hmm. be disgusting where it was like absolutely normal like haha look at these funny pictures of a woman having a full-blown mental breakdown like I think it's so screwed up that my first introduction to like I was aware who Britney Spears was like I'd heard her music like I knew of her but I didn't really know her as a person and my first introduction to her as a person was through a meme which Mm -hmm. I think dodgy to say the least like 
Yeah, like it is so weird. Like when you think about it as well, though, I was reading a load of articles on this and it's really interesting how Megan Thee Stallion was shot by her ex-boyfriend this uh, this year or last year. Last and, year. Pe- and people still treated it as a meme. Where, like she actually got shot and there was footage of it and people were like making fun of it. It wasn't to the same degree, but it's still like concerning that a woman can go through a really public form of trauma and it's like well haha funny it's just it's just weird how even with this um even a lot of free britney stuff is almost like a meme and so like jamie like have you been keeping up with the free britney movement at all or like indulging in it yeah of course i was like so completely like invested from the first kind of the time when it started in like i think it was april of 2019 that the the hashtag began and it started kind of circulating around social media that Britney was under her conservatorship and she wanted to be released from it but I think that the whole breakdown era and everything to do with that really is a product of its time because obviously mental health was not as widely talked about then as it is now and if we saw like a pop star going through stuff like that today people wouldn't be like making fun of it people would like be calling out for this person to get help mm-hmm. but at the time it was a tabloid meme it was a talk show meme everybody made jokes about her being bald her losing her mind her children like just so much crazy stuff mm-hmm. it's just everyone seems so willing to tear her apart at every point in her career and like here we'll start talking about the actual documentary because the more you actually watch it you realize that Brittany came from nothing she really did. She was ultimate rags to riches, was pure talent. And with like, if she wasn't talented, she wouldn't be, you know, the icon that she is and the icon that we, are, we all admire. And so she worked her way up, did the Mickey Mouse Club and knew so many like future stars, Ryan Gosling, Christina Aguilera, of course, Justin Timberlake, all of them. And it's, it's just, it's so you admire how much work she put in but I can't help but feel like that's almost undersold you know in regards to her career because it I think a lot of the time people are just so willing to dismiss her as like oh she's just a a singer she doesn't she never has like done anything that's worthwhile she like created basically modern day pop culture along with Paris Hilton and uh, Lindsay Lohan and all these women who are constantly criticized for every single move that they did and like that's kind of like what we want to talk about today is like I I am so horrified when I hear how people talked about Britney as an emerging star in the 19, late 1990s and she's the same age as Charlie D'Amelio, Addison Rae, like in the same peer group as them when and like when uh, Hit, Me, Hit Me Baby came out. I was just like I, 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 I'm, it's almost upsetting when you listen to the interviews, isn't it? It's just really something else when you hear the misogynistic language used to describe her and her sexuality almost. Because that, that's something that genuinely makes me really uncomfortable because listening back to these interviews around the time, like when she was really like this breakout pop star, like this is Britney Spears, wow. Like she was the same age as my sister. And the comments that were made about her body, the comments that were made about how she was acting like sexually and like her sex life and stuff. If someone did that to my sister, I would commit a federal crime against her. (laughs) Like, it's so horrible to think that she was that. Because like, I heard, like, I 
you would kind of hear things growing up about like you know like the media is always weird to like female like pop culture figures but you don't really like it's not until you're actually at that age you put it into context and go oh my god like she was so young like as a child to me obviously she was way older than me so she was so much older but she like she was like 16 17 she was around that age like if someone was saying the things that she was like that interviewers male interviewers were saying to her to like someone I knew to my sister I would be horrified if that mm-hmm. happened today, like if someone turned around to Charlie D'Amelio and made the comments to Charlie like that they made to Britney Spears that person would be cancelled on the spot but it was such a normal thing at that time yeah um, and I think even going back to earlier in the documentary there was clips of her performing on like a talent show when she's like five or six god i hate that scene so much oh that gave me the creeps he was probably in his 50s or 60s and he's like you got a boyfriend and she's like no and he's like well what about me like what like how freaky that he would say that but obviously at the time like it was seen as like cute and like the audience is like laughing and everything um just like projecting this like thing onto like a literal like six-year-old child you know what I mean yeah and a kid who probably has never been on national tv or you know is naturally going to be nervous because they are an actual child and even calling a child pretty in that context is just really odd and asking like yeah I don't know and like even with all of this it makes you realize why people like Billie Eilish now wear completely like baggy clothing try to get rid of all ideas of sexuality associated with her because she's so I'd I'd say like if you're becoming a pop star now you'd probably be afraid of how the media treats strong talented women they ultimately dismiss all the hard work you've ever done and start speculating on whether you are like sexually active based on what you wear and it's not like even that being sexually active is a bad thing it's just that I can't imagine how dehumanizing it must feel to be analyzed at 17 years old by national news outlets like oh so so creepy like the way media the media treats women particularly young women and women coming of age like they almost fetish fetish them. I can never say that word properly but um, it's not just pop stars as well like it happens to actors too like Natalie Portman before she was turning 18 her local radio station literally had a countdown until she was legal like until she was legal. Oh. isn't that dis- like the thing is is that like I'm not saying like young male like pop stars or famous figures are like exempt from this like I know there's definitely some weird stuff about Justin Bieber too but like the way um, female figures coming of age are treated is a lot more insidious I think mm-hmm. and it's a lot more widespread yeah and then it's it's really awkward as well when you realize that if a lot of young men as well are kind of like overtly sexualized too and like they're almost encouraged to be more sexually active like I'd say Justin Timberlake when he was talking about Britney he, re- he realized and utilized it that you know if he talked about her in this like oh she was just someone like hit it and quit it you know I think that if he thought he talked better that way and his management certainly thought that way, that he would gain more popularity as this like, you know, desirable figure because he, he you know, got with this girl and he like he can get any girl and things like that. And just the, 
I, I found it horrifying the way that he even announced that he supposedly took Britney's virginity on the um, in the documentary, like over the phone on a radio show. It was, oh, it, again, Jamie, it was like really similar to the feeling you had when you saw the uh, TV presenter talk to six-year-old Britney. It was the same dynamic of like, you know, talking down rather than addressing her as a human. Yeah, and I think that that has kind of been a common th- thing throughout her career because if we're going like all the way back to Baby One More Time, the video was filmed in like 1998. So she would have been like 16. It was released in 1999 when she was 17. And, you know, she is portraying the typical image of like a sexy schoolgirl. She has like the pigtails with the short skirt with the top tied up, which obviously there's clips of Britney in the documentary saying, yeah, I'm a girl and I like to feel sexy. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And then there was such a conversation at the time from like American mothers, like wanting to protect their children. They don't want to see Britney on MTV. They don't want Britney to make their daughters want to do her moves because yeah. they're seen as too sexual, even though she was just wearing like an outfit that she was comfortable in. But I think it was kind of seen to be like pandering to like a male audience. Yeah, like it is so horrifying when you realize that people were so quick to slam down on Britney for being a woman and wearing, you know, things that weren't like, they weren't that revealing when you look at them in the long run, like they actually, the outfits were, you know, they're just related to pop music and pop artistry. The lyrics and outfits and themes suggested by male singers and artists throughout years have always been significantly worse. And like you kind of see it again with like WAP coming out and people complaining about the lyrics on national radio. It's like, you know, you can't just pander to men being able to do whatever they want. But as soon as a woman dares try to do it, it's like, oh, stop. You know, I, I do feel that with Britney, it was very much like, well, there's no such thing as a sexy young woman who's also in control of her life. Like we have to give you that autonomy before you claim it for yourself. And I think that is like the biggest issue within Britney's career and her life is like she never got the opportunity to just be herself apart from that like one year where she was she wasn't involved in any projects as a teenager and she she went to prom and she went to normal high school that was just before um, baby one more time you know that that project was kind of launched and yeah like like what what did you guys feel like when you finished watching the documentary like what was the the feeling that was kind of left with you I wish I could be like really eloquent and like give you like a lovely essay about exactly how I felt but I just felt disgusting I genuinely just felt like I was like this is like disgusting that people would treat a like a real human or I just like disgusting and frustrated and like the thing is is that like as you said, like when um, Baby One More Time came out, like she was the one getting slut shamed. Like she was the one getting attacked and like people were telling like her, like, oh, you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. As if it was her decision, as if it wasn't men behind the camera, as if it wasn't men writing those lyrics, as if it wasn't like a whole group, a whole team that decided this is exactly how this girl's going to look. This is exactly how this girl is going to act. Like everything was controlled. And yet she was the one who got all the slack for it. You've got a detail without that you would feel vulnerable here oh yeah definitely 
I still have helicopters that come twice a day. Just trying to get a picture of you mm-hmm. at the pool or you would Just anything. Sean. Yeah, and they put the captions on their magazines, baby in danger and stuff like that, which is really silly, but I wouldn't be in danger if I didn't have, like, this you know, this impactful thing around me all the time. And I just feel like the editors, they don't realize that there's not just one magazine. There's other magazines, and they're all paying to get a story. And I think that the energy from the people is getting, it's kind of scary. Like, I can't really leave my home right now. I think the main takeaway from the documentary was um, her assistant, Felicia, said, Mm. she was like, I'm doing this documentary because I want people to remember why they fell in love with Britney. And I want people to remember Britney's music and how funny Britney is and how likable Britney is. Not all the breakdown stuff, not all this negative stuff that's going on now. Because I'm hoping that when people turn off the documentary, they then go to Spotify and click on Britney's music and they get reacquainted with Britney Jean Spears. Yeah, because she is an insane, insanely talented performer. Insanely talented. Like, it's kind of weird to me as well that they almost altered her voice to make her into this like baby girl image because her normal singing voice, I listened to the earlier tracks, she sounds like almost really soulful. Like it's a really deep sound and she changed everything that she could to like make herself into a star. And it's just, it's insane to me that someone as talented and as someone who has released so many iconic albums and songs for some reason the fact that Justin Timberlake has more Grammy nominations and awards than she does I can't name more than two Justin Timberlake songs I'll be real like I I forgot Justin Timberlake so (laughs) I can like sexy back that was him yeah that one that's it like I can't even and like that's not to like discredit him but I was reading stuff about like him and Rolling Stone and uh, Rolling Stones magazine, and they're like, yeah, like his songs, you know, continue to influence modern music, and they're, you know, they're he's such an influence. No one I see has reminds me of Justin Timberlake. I don't think he's like this insanely talented guy, but I'll look at Britney and I'll be like, you created a whole era of pop music. She was the Madonna of the 2000s to me like I I fully think like she deserves that title of like princess of pop and so with the going back to like the narrative within the documentary and things when uh, the stuff about her kids and her relationships it's just it's so tragic when you realize how closely followed she was by the paparazzi and initially it was like the Diana relationship where it was like kind of positive they helped each other out a little but it just turned into like them hunting her basically like everyone thought it was almost funny to call the paparazzi on her when she was clearly really vulnerable and clearly just wanting to you know be alone for a while um and it's just yeah I just I feel so upset every time I even think of those pictures of her um in that restaurant and she's holding her baby and she's just and like we're not going to show these pictures on the podcast account or anything because I don't think they should be shared because she's clearly so vulnerable but it's just like you you kind of see the same treatment with like Meghan Markle now in a way when it comes to being a mother and motherhood it's just like when, when will we ever stop crucifying women for not being this like ideal perfect angelic figure you know 
Yeah, so why don't we take a, maybe a deep dive into Britney's relationship with the paparazzi because it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a big piece of the story. So obviously Britney and Justin are hanging out a lot at the end of the 90s, like 99, 2000. Backstreet, uh, was he in Backstreet? No, he wasn't in Backstreet. He was in NSYNC. The and and Sync, the the yeah. other one. Who cares? In <laughs> Sync did a, a big tour in '99, and Britney was their opening act, and it was this was before she had blown up. But there were there were many occasions where Britney was like booed off the stage because the fans they thought that you know Britney was sleeping with the band that she was trying to control the boys and all this stuff. And they were like, we don't want Britney, we want the guys. Do you know what I mean? It was just like <laughs> not supporting women <laughs> from the get-go. But um, then obviously everything happens with Baby One More Time, Britney blows up. And her and Justin are hanging out like a lot more. And they never really like officially said like, oh, we're together or did like a joint interview or something. They just were kind of together all the time. And then it just was known that they were dating. And then while they were together Brittany was doing an interview and somebody had asked the question like are you a virgin or you know what's your opinions on that and she was like well I'm I'm Christian so I believe I'm waiting until marriage and yes I'm with Justin right now and like you know I'm hoping that we'll get married someday but yeah that's my answer to your question I am a virgin and I plan on waiting until marriage so then Brittany and Justin break up the reason still isn't really known when they broke up like it's mm-hmm. kind of speculated obviously his song Crime Your River really insinuated that Britney had cheated on and the Britney lookalike and stuff in the video yeah. and everything yeah and then even Britney's song every time she has like a Justin lookalike so they kind of were throwing it back at each other mm-hmm. it's um, like driver's license but 2000s yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> was real. but um so all that was happening and then they had broken up and they showed in the the documentary that clip of Justin and the interviewers like the real question everyone wants to know is did you get in Britney Spears's pants and he was like yeah I did I got in and all this stuff you know what I mean like just so you couldn't have had a better question in the interview um and I think that's why there there has been a lot of like hate against Justin recently like this is just kind of bringing it all up and everyone's yeah. just like what even if even if Britney cheated on you, whatever she did, why would you speak about her in, in such a, like, objectifying way? It's like, yeah. Yeah, I, a, a blasé matter, almost. Like, I don't care about you. Even though that they were together for, like, nearly three years. It's a lot yeah, when you're young. Which is crazy. And I think that that did kind of spark the media's obsession with Britney's personal life. Beyond mm. the music, it was like, we're obsessed with your relationship. And then the breakup, it's like, what happened? And we also, we saw all the headlines in the documentary of, like, what did Britney do? like she yeah explained. yeah and it's very much like it, no if even if Justin had done something bad to her like you know made like if he was unfaithful or anything like that or if he treated her badly it's like that almost didn't matter like it's always like the woman has to be the villain in the situation and that's very much like and even with the um the Janet Jackson thing as well that Justin completely uh, just got away with no blame even though he was technically the one to you know ruin her costume and Jana was the one who had to go into almost like she was a recluse for a while yeah, basically yeah it's just it's disgusting when you realize that like he basically got away scot-free and then got to go on and do whatever but then um yeah there's just so much you know speculation about what she did and would you say the the 55 hour marriage was kind of like a response to her seeking more freedom from everything or what what do you think Jamie I definitely do think it was her rebelling and 
also it goes back to as you said like Britney wants a normal life so she was like I'm gonna marry a, a childhood friend who she knew from Kentwood Louisiana they got married in Vegas and it kind of was Britney rebelling and it also was I feel like he maybe was comforting to her because it reminded her of home a time when she wasn't famous and he said in um an interview that they literally were married at like 10 p.m that night and literally at like 5 a.m he had like lawyers banging on his door and they got the marriage annulled straight away because it was so bad for Britney's image and Mm -hmm. then the media kind of ran with the idea that Britney was drunk it was like Britney's boozy wedding in Vegas you know Mm -hmm. yeah and like even her next relationship with Kevin who's like the father of her children that even seemed so rushed as well it just it just you know all of them all of the moves that she kind of made with her personal life just kind of seemed not out of desperation but definitely seeking more I think emotional validation from people within her life because I don't think she ever felt protected you know, like, even though she said she was overprotected in her song, I don't think she ever felt like anyone was truly in her corner. And that kind of shows through erratic behavior. Like, you tend to act out when you don't think anyone's there for you. That's just my interpretation anyways. I, I, don't know. I think one of the problems as well, like, I mean, the media and Britney Spears, we could literally talk for years about how yeah, all is. Like, I think, like, it's the fact that she was so sensationalized. Like there is a point in every single celebrity's career without fail that they are no longer viewed as a human, but rather like this like entity that people project onto. Like they no longer care to treat them as a human. You are a celebrity, you are a different breed. So you must act as such. And like, the thing is, is that like in a lot of these interviews, like going back to the, like the Justin Timberlake interviews, like, in these interviews they were laughing about it like everyone wants to know like did you get in her pants ha 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 isn't this really funny but why were you obsessed with a teenage like sex life that's so creepy that's so insidious like and every like it's this obsession with celebrities where it's like well you've given a part of yourself to the world so now we have to have all of it it's all or nothing and you are like it's almost like you're portrayed like a bad person for wanting to have a private life and wanting to keep things secret like it's Mm -hmm. like they're relationships like you're here to entertain me so you have to entertain me with every single aspect of your life and they don't exist in a private way which is so upsetting yeah there's like an interesting comparison to how Beyonce conducts her private life now because she like has not given an interview in years or anything that's like done on anyone else's terms and there's this constant struggle with women and controlling the narrative that you know is portrayed onto them and their the narrative their, of their life and you know you realize when you look at Beyonce who is like so strict about the media perception of her and things that are released about her and she's actually never like made any public statements about um the incident with her sister and Jay-Z in the elevator she has never made any public statements apart technically Lemonade was a public statement but she's never alluded to anything that really happened with Jay-Z supposedly cheating on her and everything like that, everything is like strictly done through her art forms. And she never, you know, she avoids the media so much. And like, maybe that's the future forward for celebrities that the more you avoid the media, the happier you will be. Like Taylor Swift became a recluse, seems really happy. And like, it's just so tragic that the only way for these women in the industry to feel safe, they literally have to just hide away and, make sure that the media can't actually get out get at them it's just it's so sad and then 
even like with the paparazzi even more the accusations of her being a bad mother Jamie I feel like you know everything to do with this so like the accusations of her and her like motherhood let's talk about that for a while because they were so harsh and like oh so like she has two kids Jaden James and Sean Preston and they were born like a year apart so they're 2005 and 2006 and about literally two weeks after Jaden James is born she files for divorce against Mm -hmm. K-Fed so it was pretty like their relationship was pretty turbulent and their marriage and it he was also like her backup dancer so there's obviously a kind of not so much a power struggle but you know she's the one paying the bills she's the one providing the lifestyle yeah so that happens and then they both wanted full custody of the kids and then I'm pretty sure it just was agreed at 50 50 in the mm-hmm. beginning and then there were multiple instances for one like Brittany was driving and holding the the like nine month old baby on her lap that like instead of putting him in the car seat which she did a good um dateline interview and she was like well people say that that makes me a bad parent but there's like 50 paparazzi like surrounding my car my baby's crying I'm just trying to get out of this situation so am I going to try and strap him into a car seat or am I just going to get in the car and go because that's what I thought was right at the time there's another instance of her walking and she's holding the baby like on her hip and he nearly like falls out of her arm but again she's surrounded by paparazzi so how is she supposed to walk and hold her baby when all these people like flashing cameras in her face and everything like that mm-hmm. so then Brit was you know branded as a bad mother and irresponsible and it was around that time that Brittany was given 30% custody and Kevin was given 70 so things were really really going downhill quick even though like I think there is a logical explanation to everything like that and you have to take into consideration like the paparazzi the fame everything is put into a boiling point Mm -hmm. and like it's only snapshots of her day as well that we saw like as a society like we can just be like oh like we can assume for the most part Brittany had the health and you know the ability to learn and like as a very young also two pregnancies in a row is not an easy job and I hate the scrutiny that was kind of placed on her because like I know my parents fucked up with me as a child I think every parent has a stupid moment with their baby and it's like you know evolutionary process you know I don't know but like you know you're meant to catch your fingers and things you're meant to like trip you're meant to you know do like accidents happen and the fact that she was in a high stress situation surrounded by like tens of people with flashing cameras like pushing to get to her like no wonder stressful things happen and it's just like oh it's it's so sad when you see that entry where she broke down she was like you know well that's America for you when they when they said that she was a bad mom it's so sad I think the thing is as well is that like it's very easy for like people to like kind of flip that narrative in any way they want to they can go oh well she was clearly an awful mother look at all of these examples we have but like the thing is is that we have absolutely no idea what was going on behind closed doors we don't know what their father was like and I'm not insinuating anything by that that's not that doesn't mean anything but it's like when you are constantly in a high pressure situation when you constantly have people in your face how are you going to react? Like you're trying to juggle about 40 different things. 
being a parent at all impossible like it's so hard there's no like you know you can buy all the parenting books you want but there's no guide to bringing up a child you just have to do it you just have to make mistakes and I'm not saying like like there was definitely like yeah Jamie's Jamie's dropped okay Jamie's take a pause pause the recording on this (laughs) hello he's back one more time Okay. Okay, it's a setup. You're echoing slightly. So if you turn off the speaker on one of your devices. Okay, is this better? Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, cool. Okay, where were we? <laughs> Um, I was saying how uh, Lacey came in with a point being like, no one ever prepares you for motherhood or parenthood and um, like stuff like that. So just like talking about particularly that one interview where she sat down and she like cried for the paparazzi to leave her alone. I think that'd be a cool thing to touch on next. So Yeah. And I think just saying no one can compare you, prepare you for motherhood. I don't think that any baby can prepare you for fame either. Yeah. And just having like the whole, world's eyes on you and in that interview like he's like do you ever think the paparazzi is going to leave you alone and she's like I don't know and he's like is that when your biggest wishes and she's like yeah and it's clear that even she's said so many times she's like I see myself having my kids and my husband it's clear that family is so important to her and she says like I maybe performing will be a hobby or like my, my side job but I want to be a wife and I want to be a mother and I just think that it's really sad to think about that now because no one really knows what's going on with her kids or what her custody is like because if you think back to like 2016 17 she was always posting with them on Instagram always you know talking about them and posting updates and stuff and now it's like we haven't seen a photo of her with the kids in a year maybe more yeah maybe it's to do with COVID who knows it's like it's really hard to know what exactly is going on behind the scenes. Um, The thing thing about that as well is that like her social medias are so controlled. Like a lot of people have come out and been like, look, she has absolutely no control over what's being posted. Like she will send off like a bunch of videos, a bunch of pictures. Someone will go through them and choose the best ones to post. So they can very much fuel a narrative. They can insinuate things. They can like, they can play that game because they know it'll get them more clout on Instagram and more clout on Britney's account, which means basically for them, nine times out of 10 more pay. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that like, it's so like strange. Like, I'm just thinking about even how we're talking about how certain celebrities have to genuinely become a recluse, like literally lock themselves into their house to try and escape like that scrutiny to try and just exist as a normal person. Because like, the thing is, we are not expected to wake up every day and pose in front of a camera and look good and also look after children and also do this and also live up to all of these expectations. And I think the pressure, like the thing is, is that if there's someone constantly banging at your door, there comes a point when that door waiting is- for you and yeah. waiting to catch you when you're vulnerable, like because that sells more pictures. The exactly. the like they were trying to find her in moments where she was vulnerable. Like they were literally hunting her down. It was literally like a witch hunt because they knew if they found, they had a picture of Britney Spears crying, that's going to be your front pages everywhere. They could make so much money selling those pictures. And there's something so like disgusting about that because they don't see her as human. They see her as like 
an opportunity to make money entertainment they yeah. see her as just entertainment but I think it's the same as her parents because we do hear her constantly say like her dream she was just pushed into the spotlight like they're like her dream was to be a mother to have a family to like to live that kind of like normal life but she was pushed into the into the spotlight at a very very young age she never got a chance to kind of have a normal childhood have normal no. childhood. she had one never. year but that still wasn't normal because people still kind of knew who Britney Spears was like she was very much pushed in one direction without getting much say in it and it's like now that she's under conservationship she's still like being controlled like she can't escape that which is so um, terrible like the pressure for her to become a star was because her family didn't have any money and they kind of need like and they put her into these dance classes because like she wanted to do them and she took singing lessons and you know went to all these auditions in New York and you know performed in off-Broadway but ultimately when she wasn't like turning a profit you know her her dad very much was anxious about it and was determined to see a, a profit from it and I think that's like you know as soon as they got the emergency uh, uh, conservatorship you know you can see that her workload almost increased which is crazy when you think about it and- Just a few weeks after the baby in the lap incident, Brittany's son, while in the care of a nanny, fell out of a high chair and banged his head. You took him to the doctor? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, of course. So you walked into the hospital and said he bumped his head, fell out of a high chair. And then the doctors acted really funny with me. I know. It was really bizarre. Well, how, how'd they act funny? Um, I don't want to say, but they did. Suspicious? Um, I, like I said, I don't want to say what they did or what they said. Um, but it was bad. It was really, really bad. Do you think, though, Brittany, that because of those questions that were asked after that picture on Pacific Coast Highway with Sean in your lap, that the doctor in that emergency room or that hospital said, wait a second, maybe I have a bad mom on my hands? I was just happy that my son was okay, and I wanted to get home and get out of there. And then not long after that, you got a visit from the family services yeah, in which actually they felt really bad about it. They said, we don't even know why we're here. So in other words, they came because it's their job to come. They have to investigate. They didn't have to come. The doctor there made them come because I didn't bring my doctor there with me. So people a lot of times think because you're a celebrity that you're taken care of more. In some situations, people, you're not, it, you get it worse. And so the documentary obviously touches on what happens during the breakdown and we are in no way making light of mental illness with this like it is some it's something that needs to be just discussed because it's part of Britney's legacy but Jamie if you could give us like a play-by-play of like the build-up what happened and then what subsequently happened with the infamous breakdown where she did shave her head and the paparazzi followed her throughout it all because it's it's just such a major point in the story that is Britney Spears. Yeah, so I feel like everything that we've talked to up to this point has it all led to the breakdown, like the mm-hmm. custody of her kids, her filing for divorce, like just so many 
different things in her life. And even like just before shaving the head, she's, her hair is like black. Like she is completely rejecting her femininity and is trying to get away from that image of Britney Spears with, you know, the blonde hair, the, the schoolgirl outfit. Like she's like, I'm not that anymore. Mm-hmm. So then she is in LA. It's, it's very strange to see because there are so many paparazzi videos of Britney driving around LA or walking around LA because she really, she wasn't really working. She didn't have much to do. Like she released in the zone in 2003 and then mm-hmm. Blackout comes in 2007. So mm-hmm. all that kind of time, 2006, early 2007, she's not working. So she's kind of driving around with her friend. They're going to McDonald's. You know what I mean? Like they're just kind of, it, it must it must have been really not like unmotivating for Britney because she w- wasn't really working towards anything. So then she, February, two, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. February 2007, she goes to a hair salon in LA and she told them that she had had extensions a few days before and they were really painful. They were like too tight in her head and she wanted them removed. And they said they couldn't do it because like they had only been put in or something. She had to wait. And Brittany's like, well, I'll just shave my head. Like, I just, I just want to be bald. And then the woman, she spoke in interviews before and she said, oh, you know, I looked at Brittany and I told her like, well, you might feel different tomorrow. Like I have people coming in all the time who want to do this and that. And then the next day they completely regret it. So I think that you should just maybe think about it a bit more. And she was like, so I heard some some noise at the door. I went and it was like paparazzi all trying to get in. And she's like, I'm, I'm closing the door. I'm keeping the paparazzi out. And I, I hear the, the, the buzz of the razor. I turn around and Brittany is like half bald, you know, um, like literally in a split second, like just picks up the razor and shaves her head. And I think that that really shows her mental state because she wasn't like, you don't just make a snap decision like that if you're mentally sound to go bald and then even those images they're iconic of Brittany shaving her head in the hair salon and those images came because her bodyguards were opening the the blinds to the window so that the paparazzi could get clear shots so that also is like you're supposed to be looking out for Brittany but clearly you're you're getting some kind of compensation from the paparazzi because you're kind of providing them with material Mm -hmm. so all that goes down and then the next day like of course that's frontline headline news like front page of every magazine you know Mm -hmm. yeah and like did she go to any uh like mental oriented institutions or any like help like that or did she was just left to sort everything not at that time she so basically that happened and then I'd say it was two or three days later because she was still bald at this point yeah she goes to Kevin's house to pick up the kids yeah and he like won't give them to her I think that it wasn't it wasn't her day for custody or whatever she wants to see the kids Kevin said no so she drives to a gas station and she's sitting in the car and it's like what you said about like Diana like a kind of there was a symbiotic relationship between Britney and the paparazzi and they were like, we, we would go and we would talk to Brittany. And it showed in the documentary, the paparazzi, like walking up to the hood of Brittany's car. And he's like, are you okay? Like, you know, we want to know that you're okay. And she's just not really responding. And then he said, you know, we just want to, we want to ask you a few questions, get some pictures and then we're, we're going to leave. And then Brittany literally opens the car door, grabs the umbrella from the back seat and runs over and like attacks his Range Rover with her, the umbrella. Mm-hmm. and those those images also are iconic of her like attacking the car and then it kind of 
Brittany kind of goes silent and is checked into rehab, but not for very long. I think she was in for about a week in 2007. Mm-hmm. And then Brittany is really flying under the radar for a long time then. She's not really seen out. Um, and that's kind of when the whole conservatorship kind yeah. of started at that time. Because I know my uh, from research, like in January 2008, she refused to uh, give over custody to Kevin's representatives. And then she was hospitalized after the police were called to her house after she was apparently under the influence of something. They, they, the sources don't cite what it is. And then her visitation rights were suspended. There was a court hearing. And then Kevin uh, Kfad was given sole custody and sole legal custody. Um, and so then she was committed to a psychiatric ward then. I know that much. And then the conservatorship was a kind of an emergency, uh, like it was an emergency placement initially and then it slowly became a more drawn out process they just didn't publicize it obviously and then she was only in uh the psychiatric ward for five days which is not enough for anyone who has gone through mental issues five days is not you're not going to wake up one day and suddenly be better but this is really weird because Brittany a month later after her psychiatric um hospitalization she was in How I Met Your Mother and continued to work on tv um like she went was on multiple tv shows um circus was released in december of that year i know that much and so like she went through a psychiatric breakdown and then she again effectively for the second time and then was told okay well go back to work on tv go make another album like it doesn't seem like a very therapeutic or reliable relationship especially considering it was her father who was in control of all of her contracts and like do you think that like Jamie do you think that her workload did increase because of her dad's desire for money or did they think like oh this will distract her from her relationship with her kids you know well to be honest like I feel like there's so much speculation around that and with Brittany being under the conservatorship it's like does she does she want to work? Does she not want to work? Is she being made work? Mm-hmm. Because she releases like Blackout in 2007, performs on the 2007 BMAs, which is again, like another mess. And then Circus is released. She does the Circus World Tour all under the conservatorship, which as you said, it was an emergency conservatorship. So it shouldn't have lasted kind of past mm-hmm. all that stuff happening in 2008. But then she goes on, a world tour in 2009 under conservatorship which it's like okay do you want to do that or are you being made to do it so basically long story short under the conservatorship she went on three world tours the circus world tour the film fatale world tour and the peace of me world tour and she did her vegas residency Mm -hmm. and the peace Mm -hmm. of me residency and she released circus femme fatale Britney Jean and Glory four studio albums all under a conservatorship which is supposed to be and for countless someone. like so many tv shows as well like which is another extra workload too like it's crazy yeah which is it's it's insane that she is deemed okay to do all that work but mm-hmm. can't vote can't drive can't sign legal documents like that's all done by, by her dad Mm-hmm. And like even when uh, Iggy Azalea was talking about what it was like to work with Britney, she said the conditions are just really odd, like couldn't really talk to Britney when she was on her own, 
anything like that especially for pretty girls which is like you know I think pretty girls is like a almost like it set a new tone for how Britney would interact with people for the later version like uh, 2010s because I remember it being like oh Iggy Azalea and Britney Spears it's a weird collaboration but at the same time it was just like oh maybe this means Britney's gonna come back and do more like pop things because she did the collaboration with Rihanna and the, and you know other collaborations too and I was like oh like maybe this is her going to be like becoming more prominent but she didn't really apart from her own work and it's just like well what happens next with Britney you know what what can we expect to happen now that there's like a new spotlight on the free Britney movement I think as well like the the thing to remember is that she was under her father um Jamie Spears um conservationship from 2007 right up until 2019 she's still under conservation conservationship but it's now split um but like that's over a decade where her father has control of literally every aspect of her life so much so she's not allowed to have children without his permission she's not allowed to get married without his permission like craziness and the thing is is that like when we talk about the free britney movement we kind of see it as like a recent phenomenon like i know in my mind it's like this is like a kind of a new thing but i actually discovered when i was like researching this and i actually have freebritney.net up in front of me but free freebritney.net was launched in 2009 as far back as 2009 people were concerned about everything that was going on and freebritney.net um penned like an overarching statement on basically why they were like this is there's something wrong Britney should be in control of her life Britney should be in control of her career and what they said was um what they've said in a recent statement is during the 12 years of Spears conservationship she's repeatedly toured the world released multiple albums and worked on a variety of television shows this um her conservationship decide whether or not she works as she cannot enter into the contracts herself because she is legally not her own person. That is such a terrifying line to me. She is legally not her own person. Like, she is a fully grown adult. Like, she's 39 years old now. Yeah, she like, with two grown. children. With two it's, children. It's so I think terrifying. Like, there's a conversation here that I really want to have that, like, it's more than just, like, Brittany. Is how mm-hmm. mental illness are viewed. Like, I mm-hmm. think, like, like there's definitely times where I'm like, yeah, people need help. That's fine. But I think people with mental illness, illnesses are viewed as, like, children. Like, they can't look after themselves. Like, they're not they're not a real person. Like, like, we see it here. Like, Britney Spears is not seen, sorry, not seen in a legal sense as her own person. Mm-hmm. She cannot make her own decisions. And, like, yeah. it's been 12 years. Which, when when you think about everything that happened, I do think that it was a positive at the time because Britney so easily could have gone the way of, you know, Whitney Houston, Amy Winehouse, and just really gone off the rails. Um, But there's no reason that that conservatorship literally should have lasted past 2009. Or or even been in the hands of a family member who doesn't seem to have her best interests at heart. Or even like in the hands of one person regardless of who it is no way should any one person decide what one person does able to control someone like it needs to be I know it makes it a lot harder but you need Mm -hmm. to have a network of people there to support you because otherwise like 
Britney Spears, and as we've seen it, Britney Spears just turns into a puppet for her father and yeah. doesn't do what her father wants. Because her her mom has said that she's not a fan of um, Jamie being in charge of Britney's estate. Was call with your son, or were you upset because the because, lenses were still on? Well, because I got in the car and um, I was hungry, and we stopped to get something to eat, and it was again a bad situation. And instead of the people inside of the place, like being like you know, um, trying to help or whatever, they wanted to take pictures as well. And I did, that's when I started crying, when I thought, you know what, you're a mom. Why are you asking to take my picture right now? And you see that I'm crying. Are you that ignorant? So that's why I cried. And the headline on that picture was oops number three. Exactly. There'll be a oops hundred. There'll be plenty more oopses. I'm not perfect, I'm human. What do you think it'll take to get the paparazzi to leave you alone? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Is that one of your biggest wishes? As individuals, not as a group. What would you say to them? I would just say that you have babies at home and you have you have a life and if you don't you have to realize that we're people and that we need we just need privacy and we need our respect and, and those are things that you have to have as a human and yet, as upset as it makes you, you, you wouldn't trade your life now, it seems. That uh-huh. seems strange for some people to understand. If they're making you this miserable, how can you still say, but I'm lucky? Because I have to believe that I'm here for a reason. What's the reason? I don't know. I keep searching every day, just like you do. But I'm so blessed with my baby. That's the happiest thing that's ever like a miracle you know um but i just want the most normal life possible for him that's all is that possible basically the conservatorship has been in place for a long time and everyone's kind of aware of it but not really everyone knows what it entails um so basically jamie spears who is britney spears's father is in control of britney's contracts finances Anyone who really interacts with Britney, is, it all has to go through him. And it, it is so weird that that exists because conservatorships are typically granted to people who are either disabled or um, they're too old to take care of themselves. So it's, this it has been in place for around 13 years. And yeah, it's, it's something that has, you know, the Free Britney movement, of course, was started technically in 2009 when the first conservatorship was put into place but it's when you read more and more about the details that you know are within this uh legal definition it's crazy because um Brittany herself and her attorney has argued that this that she is afraid 
of her father and would rather professional financial institution take over her estate. Um, and so they've actually appointed Bessemer Trust as a co-conservator, but Brittany was apparently forced to declare an indefinite hiatus for working because her father suffered a near fatal um, health complication around his, apparently his intestines and like stomach issues. And it's really concerning because I, like, as Jamie said, we actually haven't had really any updates as to Brittany's well-being apart from what goes through social media. And like, Jamie, what do you think of the new like emergence, emergence of support for the free Brittany movement? Like, do you think it's often perceived as a joke because that's literally what Jamie Spears called it in August, 2020? Well, I think just as a fan, I see that I think that it is important to post about it and mm-hmm. this documentary has brought it to a lot of people's attention who may have had no idea what conservatorship was or that Brittany was under one and now that it is kind of coming to light a lot more people are being like wait hang on this is like not okay like Brittany is basically a slave literally like her song Slave for You released in literally. 2001 she is song, by the way. a slave to the like her conservatorship is like a business these days mm-hmm. you know yeah, very like that's how it kind of functions. And the conservatorship, according to California courts, um, according to their website, is where a judge appoints an individual or organization to care for another adult who is undeemed fit to care for themselves or to manage their own finances. Now, I kind of get that after her the psychotic break that she had, that the several ones that she had across 2007, 2008, I can get the, the financial part, but definitely the unfit to care for themselves when Brittany was kind of for, not forced, but basically forced because it was her father managing her contracts to go straight back to work and for 13 years you know everything that she does has been managed micromanaged almost and it's just really odd that you know during these 12 13 years um you know she has basically resumed to the same activity that she was doing in the mid 2000s and it's like almost like a mirror of how she was but except this time there's someone else controlling her whole life and Jamie do you think Brittany will literally ever be free from this? Well obviously you know as Lucy said about like celebrities literally being forced to become a recluse mm-hmm. obviously as a fan I, d- I don't want that I do want to see Brittany on tour and doing interviews and posting on Instagram because mm-hmm. I just I just like her like I just like hearing what she has to say and listening to her music but it's clear that I think Brittany would be much happier if she literally could just become an anonymous person mm-hmm. at this stage. Um, do I ever see her being free of the conservatorship? I don't really know. Like, obviously the whole Brittany, free Brittany movement kind of started online in like 2019 after the podcast Brittany's Grandma kind of broke the whole story. Mm-hmm. But since then, very little has changed. Like, obviously, after framing Britney Spears, the best trust was put as a co-conservator for her finances. But that's a very, very small victory in the past three years. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. I think, I think something that's very strange as well is, like, even, like, from a legal point of view, like, a cons- conservatorship, sorry, I always say it wrong. Conservatorship doesn't have, like, an end date. There's no date in which they go you're literally expected to die like like, yeah 
there's no point where they go okay we're going to review this every six months or every year or every whatever there's there was no end date so as soon as that was put into place even it was an emergency conservatorship like there was no like that was it it's like you're in jail now and your jail is like literally your father who only sees you as something that like to use to make money which is fucking crazy like yeah I think it's so I think it's madness that in this day and age like people aren't checking these things because like Britney Spears is such a public figure one thing like and it's great that people are speaking out about it but like imagine other people in these situations where they just can't get a review where they're stuck under the control of someone like to me it just seems dangerous like it genuinely seems dangerous and I could see like a conservatorship can be very important for people who need it like maybe if you're like of old age I think it's a very important thing to have a place that other people can help you and be there for you and manage things for you but I think to have it exist without any reviews put in place is very very strange and very yeah and I think that the whole documentary has kind of brought the the things that are wrong about conservatorships to light and I don't know if you guys have watched the Paris Hilton documentary where she was kind of talking Mm. about the abuse that she suffered in like a kind of basically a military school um and she's now fighting for like the reform of the policies there and that there needs to be more kind of control and check-ins on schools like that so it's crazy that these like you know pop culture icons are now like going on to change laws and have a really big influence in other people's well-being you know what I mean because Mm -hmm. hopefully I'm I am hoping that this a that Britney will get free and then mm-hmm. B that there can be a much tighter kind of checkups on other people's conservatorships who pe- people who maybe don't actually need to be under conservatorships like, mm-hmm. I agree like I think it's horrible that people have to go like celebrity or otherwise people have to go through these horrible things for other people to go actually maybe that system isn't working yeah the more I Literally. read about this I was like that's fucking crazy like the fact that they have like nothing in place they've no safeguards they've no safety nets it's like your life has been handed over to someone else and like in Britney's case like it was handed over by a judge like yeah, husband- and it's even more than that because her dad gets 1.1 around 1.1 million dollars per year for managing Britney managing I- his daughter it's like that is like, of course, he doesn't want to give it up. He's giving up a million dollars a year for looking after a family member. Like, he's not going to willingly step down. But like, obviously, he stepped down because of his um, like health issues. But someone he appointed slipped into the role. So he still has control over her. Yeah, I'm just I'm curious about what you guys think about the rest of her family, because her mother, her brother, her sister, Jamie Lynn, from Zoe 101 really yeah. haven't like had much to say on social media or there's it's crazy because we think we know what's kind of going on but, but we we'll really never know no, yeah. we have no dialogue from Brittany herself or from the people who are really close to her because for a long time I was kind of like does Brittany know about the free Britney movement because mm. like her control of her phone and her access to the internet is pretty questionable so I'm like is she looking on the hashtag and we see all these cryptic messages um through her Instagram about like Mm -hmm. being a a prisoner the thing as well about that is that like people will comment things like oh wear black in your next video if you're trapped or whatever but there's also been other people speculating that she has literally 
no control like she's no access to her social media whatsoever someone else is in charge and like managing her social media like there's rumors like that going around um and i think it's really interesting to look at her siblings as well because her brother brian spears i think um i have a quote up from him there he gave an interview i think it was last year or two years ago like he never comes out and speaks about it but he spoke out about his um how his sister is being treated basically and he said she's been in this thing for quite some time now obviously there was a need for it in the beginning now they've made some changes and all we can do is hope for the best. Um, she's always wanted to get out of it. It's very frustrating to have whether someone's coming in peace to help or coming in with an attitude. Having someone constantly tell you to do something has got to be frustrating. She wanted to get out of it for quite some time now. And like, I know Jamie, like Jamie Lynn has like... Very Defended like- the situation almost. She was very much like, you don't know what it's like to have a family member who has severe mental health issues. But that doesn't really clear up for anyone. You know, like what Jamie Lynn said, and this is another quote, if you deal with mental illness or care for someone dealing with mental illness, then you know how important it is to respect the situation with privacy for the person and the family trying to protect their loved ones, no matter how it may appear to the public. And as the public, we must learn to do the same. And like, the thing is, I do understand where she's coming from. Like, at the end of the day, anyone else's life is none of our business. But if someone's trapped in a situation and her brother's coming out and saying, she's been trying to get out of this for a long time, and yes, there's moves in the right direction. I think it's very healthy to question it. And like, mm. it's a balancing, like, yes, we do not deserve that information. But now that we do have that information, can we do something to make that situation right? And I know it's not necessarily our job, but even just raising awareness, like, because the documentary came out, people are now questioning, questioning that system altogether. Like, other people in conservation ships, I always struggle to say that word, um, like, they're looking at other people in the situation and going, hey, maybe maybe there's something not right there. You know what I mean? And like, it's, it's awful that it takes getting to that, that we have to watch someone suffer for us to finally be like, oh, maybe we should check in on these systems. And it was the same with Paris Hilton, um, as you said, Jamie. Like the fact that someone had to suffer and then someone had to come and speak out about it and make a documentary and be really public and like basically lay out their soul for the whole world to look at. And it's only then that we're like, okay, maybe we should check on these things. You know, yeah, I think like, there's something so screwed yeah. up about that. Like yeah. We don't constantly keep an eye on these kind of like institutions that are looking after people, controlling people, especially young people. Um, mm-hmm. I just terrifying. Yeah, and I think um, just the whole thing with people having to check back in and look at it, it's just crazy that people knew that Britney was under conservatorship and she did it a official documentary in 2009 called for the record where she spoke very very candidly about it and she was like the lawyers and the doctors like they're listening to me but they're not really hearing what I'm saying um, and that was kind of the only really thing that she said about the conservatorship and then I don't know if a lot of people just kind of forgot about it forgot mm. that it was a thing thought that it had kind of been dealt with dealt with behind the scenes people probably thought really it was over yeah, people probably yeah. thought it was done. There, like there, you, you would assume that because brilliant. she was working, you know, that she she would be free. Um, but she she's never been free, you know. Yeah, and then 2019 was kind of when the whole movement was reignited. But the original hashtag Free Britney was because after Britney cancelled her Vegas residency domination she was apparently checked into a rehab facility against her will mm. and then a member of her legal team had called into this podcast because they had like a 
a voicemail kind of hotline set up where the fans could just give their two cents on their recent episodes or whatever. And he called and was like, I listened to your episode where you were talking about Brittany being uh, checked into rehab. Yes, she's in there against her will. Um, her father like literally has the power to put her in there and leave her in there. So that was kind of why they started the whole hashtag free Britney was originally to free her from the rehab facility in 2019. No, because mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting how we like talk about like Britney's mental health versus someone else, like another big person. Like I'm going to take Kanye West. Kanye West is a great example. He was someone that's also, also been institutionalized. But the narrative that's pushed with Britney Spears and especially like like everything we hear about her is that like she's really mentally ill, like she's in this situation because she can't look after herself and she's in and out of like mental hospital. But like she's doing these things against her will. Like she's being forced in these situations. Like the thing is, is that we are definitely be given a very clear narrative um, about Britney Spears that like she is struggling and she needs to be looked after and she needs to be put in these places. But like if she's going to these places against her will and has absolutely no say in her own existence, that's terrifying. Whereas someone like like someone like Kanye West has also been through mental institutions. He has struggled with his mental health. But people like rather than viewing him as like a meme or something to be laughed at, they're like, oh, isn't Kanye West wonderful? He got through this. And I know Kanye is memed as well, but not to the extent that I feel. Yeah. Is. And Kanye, I feel like, has actually been listened to. Whereas Britney Spears is like, like to the point where like people now see free Britney as a meme rather than something where it's like, oh shit, like this person actually needs to be helped. Yeah, it's it's just so weird, the public perception of it all. And yeah, even more so with the paparazzi images like continuously making the rounds, even now that we have to see these images to almost evoke images, evoke feelings within us to get us to be like, oh my God, we have to do something for her rather than even just hearing the story. Because I feel like so much of the time you hear like that a male star has gotten over something and it's like, wow, like, you know, what a pioneer for men's mental health. Meanwhile, we need to be shown an image of Brittany nearly breaking down, holding her child, surrounded by paparazzi, clearly just wanting to be left alone in peace. And for some reason, it's like pictures like that are the only way to get the general media's attention. And it's like, it's just so tragic, the whole story. And I think that's what brings people into it. It's like, it's so reminiscent of so many things that we've seen before where the press, you know, crucifies this woman. And then we idolize her after she's been crucified because we're like, how could we let this happen when it was society as a whole? So I think really for us now, as like a, a collective group, we have to like, you know, try and prevent this from happening again. Like who's next in this? whole media circus like it probably will be Meghan Markle will be used as an example like the thing in is years we, to come you have to be very aware of how the media portrays certain stories like mm-hmm. like and I think like Britney's story does highlight this really well where when like a lot of times when like obviously this is changing thank god but a lot of times when we see like women's mental health spoken about in the media like Britney was portrayed as hysterical like her breakdown was hysterical like she was crazy she was like a nut job whereas like the narrative I found with Kanye West I'm like please feel free to disagree with me if I'm wrong but I felt like the narrative with Kanye West was much more like he is a suffering tortured artist whereas with Britney mm. it's like she's this like um pop girl gone wild yeah blonde like airhead who's just hysterical like there's a very yeah. different like tone 
between those two things. Whereas like, I remember like when Kanye West was like taken his, into hospital, um, it was like, wow, he's such a tortured artist. Like, wow, like poor Kanye. And yeah, it was memed a little bit. Like Kanye is a little bit of a meme because he's very much a big personality, but nowhere to the extent that Britney Spears is. And I think it really is a product of its time and a Harry Styles moment, sign of the times, that <laughs> in 2007, that kind of was the attitude to mental health that Britney was crazy. There wasn't really any sympathy for Britney at all. Yeah. Like it was, it was, um, you know, front page news and people would make jokes about it. Like it, the documentary showed a, a game show and the question was like, name name something that Britney Spears has lost and the answers were like her hair her mind her yeah that was the that was like the top answer was her hair yeah and, yeah and I just think the juxtaposition between Britney and Kanye really is like like over 10 years apart like I think it is um a real kind of like testament to how you know the world's attitudes towards mental health has changed because Kanye and even like Kim is trying to get Kanye like 5150 and put in rehab against his will and everything like that and she's seen as like a monster do you know what I mean and people are like how can you do that like how's that allowed and that's basically why Kanye like lives in Wyoming now allegedly is because you can only get like 5150 in California um but when it was happening to Britney there wasn't really any dialogue about it yeah yeah there, there was no like people asking oh well like how is she after it all it was like oh when's the next breakdown gonna happen what's she gonna do next it was very much not like a oh like how like is she okay um there like there was very little people who you know took the time out to stop making jokes and started asking about her welfare and maybe that's why no one really checked up on her in the like in the general public sphere like everyone just assumed oh well she's putting out albums she's putting out hits she's you know going on tour everything must be fine and god knows how much she has suffered because the conservatorship and you know maybe like we don't know what her relationship with her kids is like we don't know how often she's seen them and like she clearly adores them as well and even the relationship with her current boyfriend who has gone out and publicly criticized um her father, Jamie Spears. And Brittany um, last year tried to remove her father from the uh, from her conservatorship. Um, didn't work out, but because another person was put in his place. But like she's conti- she's legally resisting it. And so at least she has kind of like the push now with all of this, hopefully, for another case. Who knows what's gonna happen? It's it's very much like you just have to watch what's happening. It's it's fascinating. And it's 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 kind of it's healthy that there's now much more of a dialogue around this. Like the conversations have sparked again. Like why is this happening? How is this allowed? How is this healthy? Um, and I think because of that, like like people's attitudes are changing, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Jamie, like the difference ten years makes. Like our opinion of Kanye versus our opinion of Britney, like is very different. And as like as sad as it is that she had to go through that, like at least people are now seeing like, oh my god, that's not right. And the thing is, she is actively fighting it. So fingers crossed she can, like, be her own autonomous person again. Because, yeah, I just couldn't imagine anything worse. Here's hoping. But anyways, to wrap up the podcast, we decided not to leave it on such a negative note. And we just thought we'd discuss the most, Britney's most iconic moments slash iconic outfits. I don't know about you guys, but instantly um, the toxic bodysuit 
I just that when I saw that music video first of all um fun fact apparently the the it was inspired or the song was inspired by this guy who is actually from Ireland who knows if that's true but apparently it was um but that bodysuit like sticks in my mind is the moment where I was like I love glamour I love pop music it was just as influential as the Lady Gaga BMA performance of paparazzi with the blood like those two are like the, my top two influences I think of all time I don't think anything else compares Jamie when you look at Britney what's the moments that really stick out for you in terms of like pop culture pop influence well, I think even now these days when the VMAs are on, they will include clips and photos of Britney performing at the 2001 VMAs with the snake. Yeah. Like it's just, it's so iconic and it made, it set the bar for VMA performances. So anything less than bringing a snake out on stage is considered like not up to par these days. But that look just is so iconic. And it's just crazy to think that Britney was like 19 at the time that she did that. Like, yeah it makes you like it makes me feel like a failure by comparison <laughs> <laughs> that, that she was able to set such iconic moments and even things like um the oops I did it again red latex like that also stays in my mind it's that gorgeous was, that was the one that was like oh I just think that's so beautiful like it's almost Bowie-esque in its yeah. in its color Bowie-esque but I think the thing as well like when we think of like Y2K fashion we think Britney Spears like that's how iconic and her t-shirts and her dump him like uh she's just had so many iconic moments like her with the snake her in all red latex like and I the all the all denim look is another iconic moment it's so gorgeous and then create that as well yeah several people have tried and failed oh my god and just all the paparazzi photos of her in her like blue juicy couture tracksuit with her Starbucks and her like huge sunglasses and then even like her wedding um the bridal party wore like pink juicy tracksuits with hose written on the back and the groom oh my said, god that like pimps or something like that it's just like it's just so 2000s yeah it's, it's so cool and like I'm seeing everyone's like Y2K mood boards and it's just Britney Spears central so I don't know. I'm like really happy to see there's so. I really want to start like selling those t-shirts with the rat. Like, did she know how funny she was wearing those out in public? I hope she did because all of them are so like the dump him or the like I'm like or there was one that was like I'm the most perfect human in the world. It was just they were so good that she would just go out in public, throw her hair up in a hun bun, massive sunnies, not caring like not like doing herself up to the nines like the Kardashians do or like model off duty looks and I think that's why Y2K style is so like relatable because it doesn't have to be polished and that's why it's cool yeah and I think that at the time it was so organic for like Paris and Britney and Lindsay Lohan to wear like all that stuff because people weren't always trying to look perfect there was no Instagram to like post your outfits to all the time so it just was kind of like this is you know this is my style I'm not like following a trend yeah damn oh my gosh imagine like uh, imagining Instagram or social media existed in the time of when Britney Spears was emerging like that would that's just it's so weird to think that social media technically didn't exist or the internet wasn't as like it was big but it wasn't like you know as prominent influencers didn't exist imagine yeah well technically Paris I always say Hilton. like I wish 
the original kind of influencer original. like I would yeah. say I wish that I was like I wish I was the age that I am now back in like 2007 so I was like aware of all this stuff happening because when we look back at it we don't really remember because we were literally kids at the time yeah like I remember ta- hearing about Amy Winehouse when I was very young and being like like what happened like I didn't actually comprehend what happened to her I was like what and yeah like you hear these things and like you're always you're always inherently aware I think our generation like our kind of age group like we're aware of all these things and all these pop culture moments but we didn't actually get to witness them maybe we'll get to witness some cool I don't know like what's who's the who's the next Britney you know hopefully not that um, I don't think there ever I don't think there'll be another like yeah I don't think there'll ever be a as big of a pop princess I mean the only comparison we have now is probably Ariana but even then it's not the same yeah I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Dixie D'Amelio that's it that's it I call it (laughs) for for Dixie that was that was a joke I would like to clarify she gets a lot of (laughs) so you know what I'm not even I'm not even shitting on her like mad respect like i I don't have a really popular and you and everyone would do it too for a check if they could exactly. if they were that if they had that if they were that famous and had that much money to spend on that's all I'm gonna <sighs> say um and I think I think that's a wonderful note to wrap up on Jamie thank you so 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 much for coming on um it was wonderful to talk about um everything Britney Spears and it was really nice that it was like a sustained serious conversation that we were like really like giving it the time of day it deserves so thank you so so much um for everything thank you to the wonderful thanks evil. for having me <laughs> <laughs> wonderful evil for being so wonderful evil oh thank you but before we finish how will people find you on the internet jamie what do you do like what like shout yourself plug everything that you do right now well, you can follow my Instagram at jamiexmalone. I also have a podcast, which you can find through the bio of my Instagram. It's called the What Planet Are You On podcast. We only have one episode out right now, but, you know, it, it's going to get good. Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> Big things coming. Yeah, but yeah, this has been Are You Two In Love Or? And yeah, it's been a fun episode. Thank you so much for listening, guys. And don't forget to tune in live 8 p.m. every Tuesday, Trinity FM. Yeah, super fun times. <laughs> Bye. Bye.